Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, June the 14th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at one of the readings for the upcoming Sunday, which is going to be the fourth Sunday of Pentecost, or I should say the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. And the readings are from Job 38, 2 Corinthians 6, and Mark 4. Now, the reason I'm choosing Mark 4 is a lot of times you hear from pastors that when you are in trouble, when you need comfort, when you are in sorrow, you are to look to the cross. What does that mean? It ties in very well with the Reformation principle that we are not saved by our works, but we're saved instead by the works of Christ at the cross. So let, let me give you a example. You're on the Titanic. You've been excited to go on it. It is told that it's the greatest ship ever built. There's no way it's going to sink. And so you're all excited about being on it until an iceberg crashes into it. And all of a sudden, the ship begins to sink. Can you imagine a pastor going around there and saying, do not be afraid? I really doubt that. Because what you're afraid, you're afraid of possibly dying. So how can a pastor tell you not to be afraid? I, I see this in a, a lot of kind of movies that I like watching where somebody on an ambulance will be rushing to a car accident and as they pull the individual out of the mangled cars and the people are near death, they say, don't worry, you will be fine. And before they get to the hospital, the person has died. So what is this all about, about not being afraid when it's obvious you're in a circumstance where fear does grope you? That's why we need to look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, because Jesus says basically the same thing to his disciples. They're in the middle of a big storm. Wind and wave are starting to drown the boat that they're on. And they are really afraid. In fact, they're more than afraid. So what does Jesus say when he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? See, a lot of times when you tell somebody that they need to have faith and not be afraid, it might be a, a parent who late one night, uh, the children are in bed, but they're only two, three, four years old, and a big storm comes. And the parent comes into their bedroom because they're shaking with fear with the lightning and the thunder. And the parent says, do not be afraid. 
And yet we know at times that there have been storms where, let's say, a tornado comes through and the house is destroyed. So why would you believe the parents when they say, do not be afraid? Because they are with you? So why does Jesus say this? Why are you afraid? Were they not to be afraid? Well, let's take a look at the text. Mark 4, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus, who just finished preaching, said to them, let us go across to the other side. So leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. So it's more than just the boat that Jesus was with. It was boats of other followers. Verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. So what do you think the next line's going to be? There's the disciples and Jesus with pails trying to take the water out of the boat, right? No, listen to the next line. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Can you imagine that? In the middle of a big storm, Jesus wasn't helping them get rid of the water. He was asleep on a cushion. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times when we go to bed and we have something on our mind, it's really difficult to get to sleep. And I'm not talking about just things that are bad. Sometimes we hear some really good news. Uh, for, for example, Every now and then I hear about those who are going to be supporting Law and Gospel with a check. And I'm excited about that because that's how we're able to stay on KFUO. And I'm thinking about, boy, wouldn't this be wonderful so that we'll be able to remain on KFUO. So it's hard to get to sleep thinking about that but that's because of a good thing. Now, if somebody is able to get to sleep, that means they are content with their circumstances. Jesus was asleep on a cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? What does that remind you of? That reminds me of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. Well, remember Jesus had come to their house and he was doing a Bible study and Mary was listening, but Martha was busy preparing a meal. She thought that was more important to do than do what Mary was doing. And who does Martha reprimand? Well, she does reprimand Mary because Mary isn't helping her. 
but she also reprimands Jesus. Do you not care that she is not helping me? This is a common view of what sin is. Sin is not only not doing the will of God, but it also is blaming God for not doing his will. Adam in the garden, who told you that you had sinned? Well, that woman you gave to me. I was fine until you gave me the woman. He blames God. And she likewise blames God. That serpent, you know, the one you allowed to come into the garden, he deceived me and we did eat. So Jesus is being blamed by the disciples. They wake him and say to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So why are they afraid? They're afraid because they believe they're going to die. They have a huge storm. He's not helping taking out the water. Doesn't he care? How many times does that ever cross your mind when you're going through circumstances that are pretty negative? Uh, maybe you're unable to pay the mortgage on the house and you may have a foreclosure. Or you expected to get a raise and a promotion and somebody else got it who didn't deserve it. Or you wanted to go out with someone when you were in high school or college and they didn't want to date with you. And the list goes on and on and on. And we often will think, Jesus, don't you care? In fact, a very common kind of reaction to those things is what we call part of karma, K-A-R-M-A. What does that mean? There are religions who believe that you get what you deserve. And so when the tsunami hit, there were many people who had their homes destroyed, their food was devastated, and they cried out, what did we do to deserve this? Thinking that is part of karma. Well, Jesus doesn't have that attitude at all. Do you not care that we are perishing? He's asleep on a cushion. That shows he really has no concern. Now, why is that? Last week's lesson was from the epistle, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 6 says this, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. But either way, that's good for us. Because God, according to verse 5, he's prepared us in this life. 
and has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Now, that's verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What does that Greek word for guarantee mean? It's actually used in a financial situation where you take a loan from someone and then you give a, a down payment, you return to them the down payment, and also promise, pledge to them that you will return the whole amount. That's a guarantee. That's what Jesus has done for you. He has given you the Holy Spirit at your baptism and guarantees that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, particularly on the day of judgment, when you will receive that new body, that new spirit, which never will sin again because of your love for Jesus Christ. But the important point to look at that this Second Corinthians 5 is saying is that while we're here on earth, we walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, here are the disciples on the boat. How can we explain that they're not walking by faith, but they're walking by sight? Because Jesus does something that no pastor would ever do on the Titanic. And that is, he says them, says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that when you are with Jesus, and Jesus is always with you, that you can be assured that you will not drown? But what happened to those who did drown on the Titanic? Did they not have faith? Is that why they drowned? And the only ones saved were those who had faith in Jesus? Well, we know that not to be true. Because on the Titanic, there weren't enough boats to save everyone. So the women and the children got in them, a few men, but the majority of men stayed on the deck, allowing the women and children to be saved first. And then they would sing hymns. And those hymns were such that indicated that they were believers. But then they drowned. So the pastor would not have said, have you no faith? You shouldn't be afraid. No, on the Titanic, you did have fear because what was missing that the disciples had on the boat? It wasn't Jesus because Jesus was also on the Titanic. When you take a look, they first of all accused Jesus Verse 38, do you not care that we are perishing? Notice what Jesus does immediately. He doesn't wake up and then rebuke the disciples. What he rebukes is the wind, and he says to the sea, peace, be still. 
it kind of reminds us of the Old Testament reading from Job 38. You know, Job isn't that happy with God, with all his sufferings, the death of his children, the loss of his crops and his animals. So God takes him through a question period. And he begins in verse 2 of chapter 38. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? And he's talking to Job. Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. When were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were the bases sunk or who had its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. What God does is he questions Job about how God had created the universe without Job's help. Well, it doesn't take long before Job gets the point and he repents in dust and ashes for what he had been saying to God as though he knew more than God knew. It's a similar kind of thing here when Jesus rebukes the wind and says to the sea, peace be still. And it says the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You can only imagine the attitude on the part of the disciples. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So what we need to do is understand what does that word faith, what does that mean? When we talk about faith in Jesus, what we're really talking about is the cross of Christ. And here you can't get it more understanding than at this point. What is proper faith? It's not believing that you're going to be safe because Jesus is with you. No, you end up maybe in a car accident or your house catches on fire or you lose your job or children stop going to church. Does, does that mean you have a lack of faith? No. When Jesus says, where is your faith? He's specifically talking about the cross. What does that mean? Well, the disciples are not on a boat on Mount Calvary. They're on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. There's a big windstorm. But what faith is, is believing promises from God. Find me a promise in the Old Testament where it says that Jesus will die for our sins by being drowned in the waters of the sea. There is none. Where does the Old Testament passages talk about the death of Jesus? 
Well, there are a number of them. Psalm 22, it talks about that he will be pierced in hands and feet. It says his garments will be divided by soldiers. It says he will be very, very thirsty. Well, number one, there were no soldiers on the boat. Number two, nobody seemed to be thirsty. And number three, being pierced in hands and feet is referring to the crucifixion, which was not occurring on the boat. And Psalm 22 isn't the only passage. You, you take a look at many other passages that are prophesying the death of Jesus Christ. Isaiah, by his stripes, we are healed. What whipping was occurring on the boat? None at all. And, and therefore, when Jesus was saying to the disciples, have you no faith? He was referring to the fact that the Old Testament makes it very clear that they are not about to die in the middle of the water. They're not going to be drowned. And so he stands up and he stills the water and the wave and the wind and people. They're astonished. In fact, verse 41, they're filled with great fear. Reminds us of Martin Luther's beginning of the commandments about we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Would you not be filled with fear when your friend stands up in a boat and he says to the wind and the wave to be still, and they are still? In fact, they even ask this question. Who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? You see, this is early in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus hasn't even got to the predictions of him dying in Jerusalem. Now, they don't understand that either. When he tells them that, Peter says, Oh, don't worry, we'll protect you. And Jesus says to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because Satan is using Peter and helping him by thinking that he lives by sight rather than by faith. To live by sight simply means you look at your experience as to what is happening around you. And from that, you make a conclusion about God's attitude towards you. So by sight, you're drowning, it looks like, on a boat with a big wind and wave. And therefore, you conclude that Jesus does not care that you are perishing. But when you live by faith, you're believing in promises of God. You can still have faith even on the Titanic because even though there's no promise that you will not drown in those waters, 
there is a promise that even were you to drown in those waters, that you will be immediately in heaven in the spirit with Jesus. And so, yes, there is a fear that comes over us because of the circumstances in which we live. But faith looks to the promises of God. And that's why Jesus is able to say to the disciples, have you no faith? Do you not believe what the Old Testament has said about me? Remember, one of the greatest Bible studies ever done was when Jesus was talking to those disciples on the road to Emmaus. They did not recognize him after his resurrection, but he was telling them all the Bible verses, and there must have been a lot more time, because the Bible verses that were in the Old Testament talking about his death and his resurrection. And as they heard them, joy filled their hearts, even though they had fear that he had died. This is what we mean by look to the cross. For when you look to the cross, you're looking to the promises that Jesus gave at that cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It is finished. There's nothing more you need to do. And so in Jesus, faith in him means to look to his cross, to remember his resurrection, and to know his ascension, that he is at the right hand of God, taking care of you at all times, even if it would mean that you would drown in the waters of the sea. I'm Tom Baker. You're listening to Law and Gospel. And gospel is trust in the promises. Tomorrow, with Mark Smith, we'll be taking a look at the hymn, Evening and Morning. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.